Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All righty, rocking and rolling. Hour number two of our radio program. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up an hour from now, Kalen DeBoer, the head football coach of the Washington Huskies, will join us. But first up, former NFL and college quarterback and someone when you hear Florida State, you think of him. And that, of course, is Danny Cannell, CBS Sports HQ, also Sirius XM. And make sure you check out Bet Online for updated college football championship and bowl game lines. Danny Cannell, always appreciate the time. How are you? I'm great, Zach. What's going on, man? Uh, it's great to be on with you again. It's I think the last time I talked to you, I was sitting outside the shoe yeah. before Ohio State, Penn State. But uh, it's good to be back on, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Let me start you off with Florida State because I haven't talked to you since they were left out of the college football playoff. I know that you wanted them in, but you tell me why they should have got in over, let's say, an Alabama or Texas, whoever you wanted to leave out. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. They won every game, right? I mean, it's just undefeated in a Power 5 conference which wins against LSU by a greater margin than Alabama beat LSU. They beat LSU on a neutral field. Bama beat them in their own backyard. They've got a win over Clemson, who finished 8-4. and four. Uh, they've got a win over Florida on the road with a backup quarterback and an ACC championship game over a, a top 15 Louisville team. Like the resume to me stacks up. Here's the problem I have with it, Zach. It's just, and the committee was pretty forthright, right? First of all, the invitational, we'll call it, it's not really a playoff, is designed to basically exclude a worthy candidate. And that's what Florida State is. And unfortunately for my alma mater, it's the most egregious example of somebody being wronged that should have had an opportunity. It's not the first time, but it sure is the most egregious with a Power 5 team running the table. And the committee said, we didn't think they were as competitive without Jordan Travis. We didn't think they could compete for a national championship. And I would strongly push back against that. There is a laundry list of teams uh, in college and the NFL that have won with backup quarterbacks when you get other areas of the team you know, that play better, just like Florida State's defense did. So I think it's garbage. I think it's a team sport, the greatest team sport we made. I think the committee made a mistake, but 
there's really no wrong answer for them because of the way this thing is designed. Well, let me just ask you this then. And I know this is not the way that it works. You have to base off what you did, not what you're going to project in the future. But let's say they put Florida State in over uh, Alabama and it was Michigan going up against Florida State in a few weeks in the Rose Bowl. How do you think that game would have played out? Florida State probably would have been a 13-point underdog. Um, but I think Florida State actually stacks up pretty well against Michigan because their offense hasn't been lighting up people either. You know, like I think it would have been a defensive lower scoring game, might have not been the most compelling TV product. But in that type of situation, I think Florida State could have gone toe to toe with them. Uh, and I think they might have been able to have that defense, you know, rally, shut down Michigan's offense, which did struggle against Iowa's defense, which is a great top tier defense, but so is Florida State. So I think they could have gone toe to toe with them. Uh, but I and I, I guarantee you, Zach, that's the conversation that unfolded in the committee room. Yeah. Was you know well? How do you think this game plays out? And it, and the minute I started to get nervous was when Florida State was playing the ACC championship game and the offense looked putrid. I mean, there's no other way around it. The offense looked atrocious with a third string quarterback, and it was the whole night. It wasn't like oh halftime they got it going. It was down to the wire. The offense never looked good. And I think the committee members were thinking about the matchups and the TV product, and are we really going to send that team to compete for a national championship? Which the problem I have with that is, did anybody watch Alabama versus Auburn one week before they beat Georgia? Like, you could get that version of Bama against Michigan, and it could be ugly for them, too. But the committee made their decision. It's what we got to go by. And it's just a tough pill to swallow. It's always going to be. I'll tell you, those players I feel gutted for on Florida State because they'll be sitting around in 20, 30 years at their reunion saying, I can't believe we didn't get a chance. And they felt robbed, and I think deservedly so. And I'm going to preface what I'm going to say next, Danny Cannell, where when I say it, I know it kind of doesn't make sense, but I keep on saying it. Like, I do think Florida State got screwed. But on the other hand, I can't really disagree with what the committee did because any of the four teams in the playoff this year can win it. And we've not been able to say that each and every year when you look at these four teams. Ultimately, I think what it came down to was Alabama. Like, they, we all knew they weren't keeping out a one-loss SEC champion and because Texas beat Alabama back in week two by 10 in Tuscaloosa, you needed to put Texas in, and that ultimately cost Florida State, in my opinion. Oh, agreed. I think you're spot on. And, like, for Florida State fans that are upset, they're mad at Kirk Herbstreet, they're mad at Bill Hancock, they're mad at everybody <laughs> because they got left off, be mad at the system. Like, And that's, what, that's one thing I have remained true. Like, I have not been okay with the system since day one. I thought it was better. The 14 was better than the BCF, just like the BCS. Just like I think the 12 team will be better than the four team, but it's an imperfect system. It was designed to create controversy. We were sold that that's good, the debate, you know, the fact that somebody's going to be on the cusp and somebody's going to be left out is a good thing. And I have maintained the whole time, probably most vocally when 2017, when UCF, a group of five team, got left out that was undefeated, yet they had multiple wins against Power Five programs. I said, hold on, this feels wrong. And ironically, that year, Bama backdoored their way in, didn't win their division, but ended up winning the national championship. And UCF beat the team that beat Alabama in Auburn. So there's always been a team that's been left out. Just like I said, unfortunately, the last year of its existence, it happened to be Florida State. And the good news is next year, I think we'll get, you know, a better playoff, which hopefully we'll get, you know, everyone that's deserving will get left in. Let me flip it on you. Do you, because I was having this conversation sure. the other night, Zach. If it was the 12-team playoff this year, 
Do you think Florida State would have been given the four? Like, do you think that because you still could have had Alabama hmm. in, you have Georgia in, you've got everybody in. Do you think they would have rewarded Florida State going undefeated? Yeah. Or do you think they would have? Yeah, I, I think, I so think they would have. It was that they could, because look at this. You're telling me Florida State's not better than Alabama, but then they're better than Georgia. And don't get me wrong. I think Georgia's better than Florida State. But even in the argument of four, it didn't really make sense. And it was okay. We know we have to find Bama landing spot, but it doesn't really matter where we put the landing spot of Georgia. So let's put Florida State in front of Georgia. Right. I think so too. I think you're spot on with that one. So I think that's what how it would have unfolded. And you know, if you truly went with the best teams, I'm using air quotes, like, if because we were talking lines before who'd been favored, the four probably should have been in any order mm -hmm. Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia. Like those are the four biggest powerhouses, best teams in the country. If you went by rosters, four and five star makeup, but like at some point you do have to honor what unfolded on the field. And that's where I think Florida State got the raw deal because they kind of ignored that. The only one I disagree with out of those four is Ohio State. And I was someone all throughout the year that I thought Ohio State was overrated. I thought they were lucky to beat Notre Dame. McCord should have thrown that pick. And then Marcus Freeman didn't have enough guys on the field at the end of the game. And ultimately, you saw it up against Michigan. You know, it shows you why Michigan's better than Notre Dame. They find a way to make those interceptions when McCord is giving you the football. I thought the quarterback for Ohio State was what's going to derail their season and made them just a good team, not a great team. Yeah, and I guess good news if you're a Buckeye fan, Kyle McCord is now a Syracuse uh, member of the Syracuse Orange. So he doesn't have, <laughs> so they don't have to, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback. Yes and no, but I thought they would land like DJ Ungale or Cam Ward. I, I don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for them next year. They may be begging for McCord to come back to, to Ohio State next year. Yeah, and it might be a one game audition for Devin Brown, the uh, the freshman who you know played a little bit this past year, got hurt. I, I you know he's expected to play in this bowl game, and I, maybe that's what they makes their decision. If he balls out, they're like, we're good. We've got some young signees that we've got. But if he struggles, I wouldn't be surprised that they're in the market because some of these quarterbacks haven't made their decision yet. They're kind of waiting and holding out for bigger paydays, and that could be a school that you know gets a little desperate after the bowl game and says, hey, we'll do whatever it takes. The other thing I want to bring up, Danny Cannell, because I, I, I could see it now. Like, I, I don't fault Jared Verse for skipping the bowl game. You know, it's like this bowl game, it really means nothing when you had college football playoff aspirations, and it's so deflating uh, with that feeling. But I could, you know, like, Georgia, if they, if they destroy Florida State, I don't think that should be justifying the argument of the committee on why they left them out, too. Oh, but it will be used. It'll be 100%. Like Florida State. Florida State's in a no-win situation because if they beat Georgia, and they're a two-touchdown underdog, that line's probably going to move up as the more Florida State players opt People out. People are going to say, oh, if, but Georgia wasn't trying because it was it was national championship or bust for them. Exactly. <laughs> and if Florida State gets beat, then they're going to say, see, you didn't belong. They really are in a no-win situation. I And Mike Norvell, he spoke for the first time on signing day uh, yesterday. Oh, me too. And he said, he said this is the hardest two weeks he's ever faced as a coach. And I believe him because he's been trying to keep guys morale up, trying to keep guys wanting to play. And when, you know, when the committee says to you, you're not good enough, we don't think you can compete for a national championship. Well, then why should we compete for anything if you don't think we're any good? And I think that's probably the mindset that the players have. Why should I stick around and play in a meaningless bowl game, which I do think the bowl system itself is broken because of the college football calendar. And I think the only solution is to move bowl games to week zero. You know, and if it's a playoff game, make it in post, you know, post regular season, post championship weekend, 
any other bowl game, I think the only solution is put it week zero. Otherwise, we're going to see these opt-outs continue. 400-plus players, Zach, have opted out or transfer portaled out or opted out to prepare for the NFL draft. 400 players. That is a massive problem for college football. I mean, and, and that's all I do is prepare for these games. I can't even tell you who's playing half the positions at, at different teams. Like tonight's the Boca Bowl. I'm actually going to the game. I'm in South Florida. I've it's been Syracuse. there once. My, my owl's lost yeah. in the Boca Bowl. I've been there. It's a, it's a good stadium. Right? It's a great little bowl. It's great. It's fun. Syracuse is playing uh, South Florida. Yeah. Half of both. And these are two teams that are six and six. You know, like they're seeing... Like sometimes you think that's a reward. They get to come to South Florida. Both teams have like double digit players have entered the transfer portal. So you're getting kind of who's playing. I don't know. And who wants to be there is the question we keep asking. I want to put them in week zero. So, you know, they matter. Like they could impact your chance to make the playoff make your chance to win a you know conference championship. So I think that's the only solution. So what you're saying is move it to week zero and then have that game count for the next season schedule. Like, like on their record? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, and it like just have, and then the, the only, the only hiccup in that one is like bowls are a reward for a successful season that that's what I've always been told, but the players are telling you they don't care. Like they're saying it's not a reward. I don't know if to play in the game. So if you are, you know, seven, if you get six wins, then, then you would set the schedule for the following season. The week zero would be your reward. You come to, now it'd be a lot hotter in Boca in August, <laughs> but you would come to Boca for a few days and week zero is growing exponentially. Like I remember the first week zero was like two games. Then it went to five. Then the TV networks are like, oh wait, we can put games here. Now it's like 15, make it the bowl, you know, kind of bowl weekend week zero. It's kind of empty. And then it matters, and you'll have full participation. It's an interesting idea because um, I do think in a four-team format, these bowl games are irrelevant. Now when we go to 12, they're even going to become more relevant. Now let me be clear, Danny Cannell, I hate going to 12. Like six or eight, I'm fine with. Going to 12, I think it takes away. What makes college football better than so many other sports is every regular season game matters. And we talk about those soft landing spots. Now you could go be an SEC team or a Big Ten team you lose two, three games like Ohio State, Michigan, whoever loses, they're still going to find a way to get into the playoff, and it takes away from those great regular season games. I totally hear your argument. Uh, I think eight was the perfect number. Twelve kind of came out of nowhere, right? I mean, that was the uh, – And it's going to get worse because they're going to go from 12 only north of that in the in the future. Probably. You're probably right. I hope they get to a place where we can do away with committees. Like, don't select them. Just come up with a true playoff where it's division win. You know, like, like the NFL model where the mm -hmm. minor league NFL – Let's do it. I do think there are some protections, like the buy for the top four teams. Like those losses could hurt you where you lose a buy to get healthy, or you get to either host a home game, you know, if you're seeding five through eight, and then you'd have to go on the road. So there will be some penalty. I think what's really going to be weird are the rematches that take place. Like we already see Ohio State, Michigan, final game of the regular season. They're doing away with divisions in the Big Ten. You could see a rematch of that game a week later. And yeah. if they're undefeated the first time, you could see them meet again. Like that to me is probably the biggest issue that I'm kind of worried about. Hopefully they can fix the bracket so that they don't face again. But if they both win, you can't really prevent that from happening. But I I all it's more of a wait and see for me, but I totally understand what you're thinking. I still believe that there's enough teams at 130 and 
you know, probably the reality is that only 40, you know, can get to the playoffs, not win, get to the playoffs. I think I still think only about 12 can actually win the national championship. But I do think that the hope that it brings those 40 programs will bring added value to the regular season deeper. Like the month of November will lean, will mean that much more because teams are still in the playoff race. What do you hope happens with Florida State, whether it's realistic or not, moving forward with their search to potentially join a new conference? Man, I wish they could salvage the ACC. I mean, my freshman year at Florida State was the first year in the conference, but it just seems unsustainable, you know, untenable. All the reasons that Florida State has laid out are valid. Uh, I am, I'll say this full disclosure, I'm tired of all the talk and the meetings and the saber rattling and the threats. Just bring some action. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get out, start the legal process, sue the league, which I think that's what this meeting tomorrow is gonna be about. I think they're gonna approve that and they're gonna start to sue their way out of the ACC. Um, the Big Ten or SEC is where you want to be. Those are the those are the super conferences. They hold the keys to the future of college football. I think the SEC is clearly a better fit regionally, rivalry-wise. We already play Florida. We've already played LSU. Like there's been some natural rivalries just regionally. The Big Ten feels a little bit clunky. It doesn't feel like the best fit. But if the SEC says we're good, we already have the Florida Gators in the state, sign me up to play Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, Washington. But that's where the future of college football is headed are these two super conferences. And if Florida State wants to stay you know, where I think they belong at the upper echelon, they need to find a spot in one of these leagues. And I think a big misconception that people have, Danny Cannell, last thing I'll, I'll bring up to you, and yeah, Florida State's a big enough brand to be in the Big Ten or the SEC. But I think a lot of people believe that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to keep on just adding a lot of schools. Like, that's the exclusive part of uh, college football and college sports, the Big Ten and the SEC. And when I look around teams that aren't in the Big Ten and the SEC, there's not a lot of attractive brands that are still remaining, especially in college football. Right. And that's the leverage that Florida State is trying to use between those two leagues because Clemson and Florida State and Notre Dame, Notre Dame is the golden goose, right? Yeah. And that feels like the Big Ten. That just needs to happen. But outside of Notre Dame, it feels like Florida State and Clemson, two best brands available. I do think they're somewhat attached to the hip. So if Florida State can push their way out, I do think there's probably some deal with those two together. And then it's, you know, all right, the, the you go to the SEC and say, you really want to let us go to the Big Ten? Like these two valuable playoff-worthy teams are going to let them go and to Fox, which is a, you know, there's a competitive nature there. And ultimately, when it's all said and done, I, I don't know what Greg Sankey and the SEC will decide to do, but I think they bring too much value where you would turn them down. But, they, but then it's like gets really crowded. You know, I, I still think I am worried about this because I think – and when these current TV deals that start next year, so in about six years, like 2030, we lost like Pac-12, Washington State, Oregon State kind of died, right? They're, the Pac-12 was blown up. Yeah. Washington State, Oregon State left out. I do wonder if there's another cycle where some of the bottom dwellers in the Big Ten and the SEC are left behind to make room for Florida State, Clemson, maybe Miami, maybe some other programs in the ACC that are better brands, than some of the bottom dwellers in the SEC and Big Ten. I'm just curious. I hate that it's going to happen, but I feel like it will. Do you think Miami's still attractive to either the Big Ten or, or the SEC? Are they still an attractive brand? I think Florida, the state of Florida, is attractive to the Big Ten. And I think academically, Miami's probably more attractive than Florida State. I think, And I think they're probably a better fit. But I, that doesn't – I mean, Florida State is trying to do things – 
um, academically perception wise, like become an AAU school so that they are perceived stronger academically. Hey, I think they're the Harvard of the South. I think it's a great school, but the reality is they're not one of the top schools ranking wise. So they're trying to change that perception so that they bring more value to the Big Ten because that seems to be a priority for them, even more so than football. You can check out Bet Online for updated college football championship and bowl game lines. Danny Cannell, before we let you run, I have to ask you about Colorado. What do you think the future is for Coach Prime? And how do you think we'll be talking about them a year from now? Do you mean Colorado, the uh, 99th ranked recruiting class of 2024? I mean, that was pretty astounding. I, I It's shocking. Like, I'm a little bit concerned about them. But Deion Sanders has made it clear, I'm going to do this through the portal. You know, and they're getting veteran players. It's a unique, you know, tactic to take. But as long as he's got Shador and they brought in four offensive linemen, they're still waiting on the fifth, the kid who kind of switched and flipped his commitment, who was on just two weeks ago yeah, on FS1 it, yeah. with Skip Bayless, you know, professing his commitment to Colorado. Now it's up in the air. If they can shore him up and they can protect Shador and they're in the Big 12, which will be easier, not easy, easier to win than the Pac-12, I think they should be better. And I think it's good. Like, I think it's a great story for college football. I also think there's a high, like there's, it's just a, it's going to be one of those boomer bust situations. Like in, and this year you saw both of it. I think next year could be the same. If they can keep it on track and keep their eyes focused and not get distracted by game day and big noon kickoff and celebrities, they could make a run for the Big 12 championship. Wow. But if they face adversity and they start to get distracted and you see infighting and they're worried about talking and putting out Instagram videos and hype videos, then I could see them being six and six. So, like, there's a wide gap of what they possibly could be. But I guarantee you this, everybody's going to be watching, just like last year. He is Danny Cannell. Danny, always great to catch up with you. Thanks for the time. You got it, Zach. Have a great holiday season. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 